Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY. 701-293-9000. is your toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. I, uh, we were, we were going to be talking with uh, State Treasurer Kelly Schmidt about uh, legislation, a constitutional amendment, which will be considered by the 2017 legislative session to abolish her office. But uh, she just texted me shortly before the program said something came up. So I guess she's not going to be on. Uh, hopefully, maybe we could get her on. Uh, oh, I guess maybe we do have her after all. Uh, let's see. Treasurer Schmidt, we got you on the line. Good morning or good afternoon, Rob. All right. Well, sorry for the confusion there. I, I guess we're, we can we can go ahead and do this. Uh, what uh, tell us the legislation before the session uh, would eliminate your office. Do you agree with it or disagree with it? Well, I don't think it's a matter of me agreeing or disagreeing with it. It's a decision of the people. And so it will be an exercise that goes through the process and will be brought forward to the people. Um, the Office of State Treasurer works for the people of North Dakota, so it will truly be them that they decide. Now, um, as it relates to the office, I've always believed that the best government is the government closest to the people. And when you start farming out duties and responsibilities, you add layers between the people and their money. And I think that's something that really needs to be discussed. If, if, would, would, you, would, would, would you vote for that? I mean, how would you vote for this? If this makes it to the ballot, how would you vote for this as an, as an individual? I would vote no. And I would vote no because, like I just said, it adds layers between the people and their money. How does it add layers between the people and their money? Okay, um, well, let's, for example, if they put it in with the Office of Management and Budget, then they are now putting it under the purview of the governor. So now you have the governor, you have the head of Office of Management and Budget. That's what comes between the people and their checkbook. And I believe in the transparency and the openness and that government accountability is held by the people. And so when you continue add layers of bureaucracy, you pull back from that. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. If you want to join the program, email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, Kelly, uh, in terms of uh, the, the lawmakers who propose this have gone out of, out of the way to say that, that they don't feel that this is not intended to be a reflection on your performance in office. Do you believe them when they say that? Well, I'm really disappointed in the fact that we're having the conversation because I believe that we have a lot of things that need to get done this legislative session as it relates to finances and the budget and the growth of government and all the things that we've been looking at. And um, in the press release that you saw, as I saw, um, it talked about additional agencies and looking for efficiencies. And here we are. I have not seen any other legislation um, relating to any other state agencies and looking for efficiencies. So I will leave that up to the um, discretion and judgment of your viewers. Do you feel like if if this passes that uh, we have any clue like like where the, the duties of your office would go? I mean, is that something that would be figured out after voters approved the elimination of your office, should they approve it if, if this makes it to the ballot and they approve it? I mean, do we have any indication of what, once the treasurer's office is gone, where those duties are? Because it seems to me like that would be an important part of the debate. I mean, it's like, get rid of the treasurer's office, well, okay, but who's going to do the stuff the treasurer's office does now? feels like we should know that before we vote to get rid of the office. 
I couldn't agree with you more. The resolution that I've seen, and I might add, I it just hit the system last night, so I've just had a chance to review it recently. Um, the resolution, the first resolution, is to abolish the treasurer, and the second le- uh, resolution is to create a legislative study that would then look at where the duties would be shifted to. Um, I can tell you there is no duplication of duties as many understand or many believe. And I, I really I really do believe there is a lot of information out there that is not factual. You know, I, I equate us to we're a small cog in the wheel. But the fact is in the in the cogs of a watch, if that small cog stops working, every gear is going to stop working because we affect every state agency and the political subdivisions of this state. Playing devil's advocate here for a moment, we have a governor who has come into office. He won election uh, both in a contested primary uh, and in the general election by very wide margins. He has charged the state of North Dakota with with reinventing itself, with streamlining itself, with, with becoming more efficient. Do you not see any potential in, in closing down your office and maybe moving some duties to other offices as, as a way to fulfill those goals, which which clearly voters seem to believe in? Well, I can't speak for the governor. Um, I can tell you when you look at our budget and you look at the efficiencies of this office, we would be a perfect example of what to do right in looking for government efficiency and holding the line on spending. Our operating budget has increased 1% in 10 years. We continue to work with a half, we have seven and a half um, employees, including myself. And when I came into office in 2005, we had seven. And if you look at the duties and the responsibilities that the legislature has added to this office, we've been able to hold the line on spending and employment and continue to do our job with no audit findings and continue every day to look at ways we could change our processes and our policies that not only bring efficiency to this office, but bring efficiencies to the agencies, the cities, and the counties in which we do business. My understanding is that this this dropped or this, this press release went out while you were actually doing budget testimony before a legislative committee um, you know, about your office's funding in the next biennium. Do you feel like there was any intent there in that timing? I mean, do, do you feel like that was a there was anything to that timing? I heard a lot of people remark on on that timing, and I guess I was wondering what what your take was on it. Well, I was the only one in the room during my budget presentation that didn't know about this. Um, the press I know had been um, given a heads up because when I walked out of the room after giving my budget presentation, there was a reporter that met me at the door and had received the press release. Um, we did not receive a press release. We did not receive the um, the constitutional uh, resolution. So it was very difficult for me to comment um, because they hadn't hit the system. And it's very difficult and, and very irresponsible to comment on something that you have not had yet a chance to review. And so um, I was I was very disappointed in the way that this this was brought forward. And my expectation as a statewide elected official and as a taxpayer I would have expected better. Well, Kelly, I know we've got to let you go. Uh, we only had a limited amount of time. Thank you for coming on and, and talking about it. And we will have State Representative Mike Nathy on later in the program. He is the primary sponsor of this. Uh, we'll certainly get his side as well. Kelly, thanks for your time. I look forward to the next conversation. Thank you. 
That's uh, State Treasurer Kelly Schmidt. More to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Don't go away. Welcome back. Just finished up with uh, Treasurer Kelly Schmidt. She just got elected to a fourth term in office. But now there's legislation uh, down in Bismarck, which would eliminate her office and uh, move its duties to other offices. She doesn't think that's a good idea. She thinks it was unfair the way that was rolled out. Like I said, a little bit later, about 145, we'll have on State Representative Mike Nathy, who is the uh, lawmaker promoting that. Uh, So we'll talk with him about that later in the program. Um... I'm not sure entirely how I feel about eliminating the treasurer's office. On one hand, I'm all for uh, streamlining government. I'm all for eliminating duplication. But on the other hand, it seems to me like it maybe would be better off. There are certain functions of state government that I think would be very good if we put them under an elected official. And I'm thinking things like forecasting for revenues. Uh, The state has really done an abysmal job forecasting revenues that has created a lot of headaches in terms of budgeting. I feel like it would be good if we put that under somebody who is elected, like, say, the state treasurer. That would be the statewide office holder for which it makes the most sense. Uh, you put a duty like that under the under the treasurer, and then you can hold the treasurer accountable when those forecasts are wrong directly. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of transparency initiatives we could do in, in terms of the state of North Dakota that we could put under the treasurer's office. Um, in other states, uh, the, you know, we have online spending databases and that that are managed by the treasurer's office. Um, I, I know we want to streamline government right now, but I, I'm not sure that streamlining always means eliminating things. Uh, I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. Like I said, Representative Nathy coming up later in the program. We'll talk about it more. Um, I do want to talk for a minute a little bit about legislation. I know Jay Thomas is going to talk about this a lot on his program as well. I believe he's actually got one of the co-sponsors uh, of, the, of the legislation on his show. Uh, I'm going to try to get the prime sponsor on my show for tomorrow. Uh, but this is uh, this is legislation. It's HB 1185, and it's a doozy, Natil. This I, is, uh, I can't believe what is happening here. Yeah. So what this is, it's first of all, it, it defines. Here's here's the definition from the law. This is the title of of one just one section of law that that it would create. I quote from the title: "Products that distribute the internet deemed pornographic vending machines." This is the definition. An internet service provider's router or a cell phone, laptop, computer, gaming device, or other product that distributes the internet or makes the content on the internet available is classified as a pornographic vending machine and must be treated as such under this chapter. So, basically, uh, this law defines anything that can browse content on the internet or anything that can access the internet. And I'm like I'm wondering, I, I don't know. My thermostat connects to the internet. Does that is is that a pornographic vending machine? Refrigerators now? connect to the internet and have to go through Windows updates now. Okay, right. so I I get that there's an Avenue Q song from you know the the famous Avenue Q musical called "The Internet Is for Porn," but that's comedy and satire. Yeah, 
that's not what the internet is actually for. And it's the part majority, of what it's for. Well, I mean, yes, it's, it's but, one thing that people do with the internet. It's not the only thing. It's, it's one thing out of hundreds of thousands of things that people are doing with computers and internet-enabled devices every day, every minute, every second. Okay, so here's here's why they're defining it this. What they want to do is, is they want to create what's called digital blocking capability. And this is, again, from the law. I quote, a person in this state who manufactures, distributes, or sells a product that makes any content on the Internet accessible may not sell the product unless the product contains an active and operating digital blocking capability that renders obscene material or obscene performances, as defined by another section of law, inaccessible. Now, before you start thinking that that obscene material or performances might mean things that I think we all feel should are and should be illegal, uh, such as child porn or, uh, you know, porn that is involved in people who didn't intend to be involved in porn, like, you know, syrup, you know, I, I don't know, illegally filming people in the bathroom or something like, I mean, gross stuff like that. That's not what this is. Um, here's the definition of obscene, uh, obscene material that is already actually in state law. Uh, it's any material or performance which, quote, taken as a whole, the average person applying contemporary North Dakota standards would find predominantly appeals to a purient interest. Uh, B, detects or describes in a patently offensive manner sexual conduct, whether normal or perverted. And C, taken as a whole, the reasonable person would find lacking in serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Um, so, uh, and, and, and by the way, uh, it also says whether material or performance is obscene must be judged with reference to ordinary adults. So, you know, this is basically it's it's any any material that that could be seen as having a, a predominantly appealing to a purient interest, which seems very subjective to me. There are certain HBO shows that I could think of that are awfully gratuitous with their sex scenes and could be described as maybe serving just an explicitly purient purient. Well interest and on top of all of that there there it's so ambiguous who is an average north dakota adult what yeah. are north dakota contemporary values these aren't spelled out anywhere this is this well, they, they're gonna vary a lot from person to person well, from exactly. community to community uh, it's it's not uniform my my set and listen i'm a very libertarian guy so my sense of of what is and not you know strictly pur purient i can't pronounce that word um <laughs> Is, is going to be a lot different than maybe somebody who is not an atheist libertarian like I am. So uh, I, I don't understand how we're going to create a, a standard that's going to apply for everything. Now, here's the kicker, though. If so, so we've already established that anything that allows you to get to content on the Internet is a pornographic vending machine. And the law also decides that any device like that has to be sold with a digital filtering, some sort of filtering that that doesn't allow you to get what they're defining as obscene material so here's the thing you do have a way to get around the filter legal legally this is again from the law i quote a manufacturer wholesaler shall deactivate the digital content blocking capability if the consumer a specifically in writing requests the cap the, the capability be disabled b verifies in a face-to-face -face encounter either in person or through other means that the that uh, that verify the consumer is 18 years of age or older. C has acknowledged receiving a written warning regarding the potential danger of deactivating the digital content blocking capability. And D 
pays a $20 one-time license fee. So if you, if you want to have your devices not be blocked from porn or other quote-unquote obscene material as defined by the law, defined rather broadly by the law, I might add, uh, you have to pay a, a $20 one-time license fee, uh, the, the revenues for which go into a victim fund. Can we talk about how stupidly dangerous this road is? Yes. I mean... Please do. You're, you're starting on a path where it's okay for the government to block your access to things that are legal on the internet. I preach it. Porn, I, I'm, porn, I'm is, not, porn is not illegal. And no. the fact that the government thinks that they can block average citizens from accessing legally produced content on the internet is a very dangerous path. And I am, I am insanely upset. <laughs> Well, and, and the thing is, is it's not just, it's not just, and by the way, this is bipartisan legislation. There are Republicans and Democrats. I believe there's seven total sponsors. The prime sponsor is State Representative Lawrence Clemine from Bismarck. Um, I think there are, there are other Republicans and one Democrat uh, sponsoring this. And it is just absolutely insane. I, I don't understand. We're talking about legal content. Produ- I mean, if we're talking about porn, and, and to me, obscene material okay, is, is more than just porn. I mean, that, that, that is, it is so broad. It can include like HBO shows. So violence. But, but if we're just talking about like, say, porn, uh, you know, I mean, if it's, if it's legal porn where it's consenting adults producing material for other consenting adults to consume, what right does the government have trying to, to, to filter that? 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. We got Scott on the line. What's up, Scott? Hey, I was just going to comment on your obscene uh, material thing. So basically, according to North Dakota people or whatever, we'll be able to still stream like Fox News, but just not The Daily Show or MSNBC. Is well, how they kind of consider that, or I don't. I have I don't no know. idea. I have no idea how they're defining it. I, I, there's nothing in there that talks about political content per se, but. I mean, the problem is, I mean, this is the problem when we start using definition of obscenity. I mean, I have had people tell me, because I'm obviously a very conservative guy, very outspokenly, and there are some people who have told me that the things that I write are obscene. So, you know, I, I to me, this is the this is the path we go down to. We start with porn, and the next thing you know, it's people who are writing, uh, you know, political opinions that are provocative. Right. It's it's scary to me. It, it is really yeah. scary to me. I, I hope this legislation goes down. This is just proposed legislation, by the way. And I have I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I, I hope it goes down I, in flames. I think we got to start drug testing those guys up there. Or something. They're just coming up with some wild stuff. Hey, this is All pretty right. wild. This is this has got to be one of the most wild bills I think I've seen in the state legislature in a long time. Thanks for the call, Scott. More to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report. We're talking about legislation uh, before the legislature in Bismarck uh, that is meant to address pornography. And uh, I just got an email, which I'm reading here on my pornography vending machine, Natil. Which one? I'm sure you have multiple. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a $20 fee for every internet-connected device, 
I was I was counting up the devices in my home between like the Roku streaming boxes and my tablets and my work computers and you know my Chromecast and everything else. I mean, we're talking. We're talking. I think it'd be like four hundred bucks. I would have to spend to to license all these stupid. My three DS connects to the internet. Yes, has it has an internet browser in it. My my Kindle has a little internet browser. It's it's just it's crazy. Uh, let's see. Andrew emails. He goes, "What teeth would this bill have?" Um, actually, if a, I, I, I believe the only, I think it's just a prohibition on selling the products. I don't think there's anything like if you go to Minnesota and buy a phone and then bring it back to North Dakota. I don't think you're getting trouble. The only criminal penalties in there it is a Class A misdemeanor if they sell a device without a a digital blocking filter to an adult. It is a Class C felony if they sell it to a minor under 18 years old. Okay, so Uh, what are they going to do with all these, like, 12-year-olds who saved up for, you know, like, the last six months to go buy their first 3DS, 2DS, whatever the new Nintendo Switch? ah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Let's see, Andrew continues, uh, what if you circumvent the filter without paying a fee? Uh, There's only one way I could possibly think of this filter working for all devices. Use a custom DNS server. Uh, bypassing the filter would be easy. How would you keep track of individual devices? What if I take my laptop to another location? This bill has been proposed by people who have absolutely no idea of the technology involved, not even to consider the ethics of it. I, I think that's absolutely right. I, I, I can't even imagine how the state of North Dakota would go about applying this. I mean, even I, I mean, you're going to go to like Google or Samsung or some of the big manufacturers of of phones and tablets and desktop computers and everything else, you're going to go to them and say, well, if you sell it in North Dakota, you've got to put in place a filter to to filter out pornography on the ever-changing Internet, which means that, that it's a filter. You can't just create the filter one time. You've got to maintain it. As a matter of fact, that's what's required in the law that – who, who's going to do that? Well, and these companies have such a vested interest in the personal privacy of their uh, users anyways that Apple wouldn't even give the FBI the hack to get into a potential terrorist's phone. Well, no, nor should they. Um, well, no. That, know, but if, what if, if the government wants stuff like that, they can get a warrant. But, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is that there's no way that these companies are going to agree to something like that. If they've already put their necks out on the line like Apple has. So, so maybe they just stop selling the products in North Dakota. Which, <laughs> yeah, because that's going to be great for everybody. Right. Well it's, well, it's going to be great for Minnesota and South Dakota and Montana because that's where everybody's going to go to get their devices. Um, I, I, again, I don't think this is going to pass. But boy, is it crazy. And, and by the way, I even disagree with the no. There are some things in the bill. They want to block uh, access to sites that promote like human trafficking or prostitution, which are clearly illegal. Uh, but even doing that, I, I, I think blocking access to those sites is the wrong way to do it. If there are sites out there that are promoting human trafficking, then go after those sites and shut them down or, or you know, respond to those sites specifically. Don't censor our Internet for us. I, I think as grownups, we can decide what we want to see on the Internet, what we don't want to see. Uh, and in terms of our children, there's all sorts of private sector filtering software devices or what have you that are available. My kids have Amazon Kindles with uh, Kindles free time program on it that, you know, sort of curates the content for them because they're little kids. And, you know, when they grow up and they're adults, they can decide for themselves what content they want. But for right now, 
I'll be in charge of the censorship, thank you, as, as their dad, as opposed to the state of North Dakota. Uh, we should take a break. I think we're going to have Representative Mike Nathy uh, on after this. Uh, we'll be back uh, right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Port here on WDAY. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. I believe we have uh, Representative Mike Nathy on the program. Hi, Rob. Good to hear you. Hey. Hey, Mike, how's it going? I wanted to talk. I know you got just a few minutes. You're busy down there, and my show happens at an inopportune time for the legislative schedule. Uh, so I know we got just a few minutes. I had uh, I had uh, Treasurer Kelly Schmidt on the program earlier uh, talking about uh, your proposed legislation to eliminate her office. Uh, she says she's really disappointed in the fact that we're having this conversation. Uh, she says that she was also upset with the way it was rolled out. She said it, it happened while she was giving her budget testimony. She said, quote, I was the only one in the room during my budget presentation uh, that didn't know about this. So uh, what, what's your response to that? Well, uh, the last part isn't true. She wasn't the only one. Nobody knew uh, that the press release was going up but myself. A couple of reporters came in the room. The hearing went a little long. Um, so there was no, you know, I guess I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I, I talked to her afterwards, after the budget hearing was done. I pulled her out in the, in the uh, hallway and told her about it. Um, I didn't think I needed to talk to her any much more than that. She'd already had a discussion with Senator Mathern many times during the election, and I'm um, working with Senator Mathern on this bill. So she'd been very well versed in what uh, that we, what we may do or what, what could happen. So I didn't see any need to uh, belabor the point. And I just told her, I said, we, it's time to uh, take a good hard look at this, have the, uh, run up the flagpole, let's have a discussion. It's nothing personal. It's nothing against her or her staff. She did a fine job presenting her budget yesterday. And I see nothing wrong with uh, having a public discussion and, and putting it to the vote of the people of North Dakota to see if they are serious about having small government. Let's Her. see what we can do. We can find some. We can find some efficiencies. Find some different ways to do it. And uh, you know, Rob, this is not a new idea. It's, uh, but I do think, as I said earlier, I do think we uh, find ourselves in a new and challenging situation. And I do think it needs to be taken a look at. Well, to, to that point, this has been put on the statewide ballot twice in the past. Both times it failed, voters voting to keep the treasurer's office. What's changed that we should get rid of it now? Well, I mean, it came on two times, in 1984 and 2000. I mean, we have some people who are voting now who weren't even born back in those days. So the state has changed tremendously since 2000. Uh, it changed tremendously just the last three, four, five years. So, um, And the situation has changed. The state government has changed. Uh, automation, computerization, everything else has changed since 2000. So things are much more efficient, and uh, we can we can do it better. And we need to take a look at this. I mean, myself as a legislator and my colleagues, we've got to ask ourselves, We are we serious about trying to right-size government? We all talk a good game, and we stand at the podium and tell people we want to have smaller, leaner government. Well, here's an opportunity to talk about it. Here's an opportunity to take a good, hard look at it to see if it can work. And then if it does, if we think it should be on the ballot, let's put it on the ballot and see what's happening. I don't see anything wrong with that at all. Why, why the treasurer's office specifically? Well, it's, it's one that uh, Senator Mather brought up during the, uh, uh, during the campaign. Like you said, it's been up brought before. It's a smaller budget. It's a $2 million budget. Um, I just think it's one of those offices that when you take a look at, there may be other agencies that, could do, that can do part of their jobs. It's not that they do the exactly the same jobs or duties that she does now, but they do things that are very similar. And I think that would be a way to, if the voters approve, to take a look at what agencies could absorb parts of her job. 
and I think it could work. How is it going to work Rob, in terms of? And I think uh, Rob, if we sorry. were able to, if this were able to happen that way, I think it will build some momentum as we go forward to maybe start taking a look at other agencies, maybe bigger agencies. Where can we do this? Where can we, where can we find more efficiencies between the uh, between other agencies? I think it may open up that door uh, for down the road. How, how does it work in terms of a timeline? I mean, are, are voters going to have to make a decision about whether or not to keep the office before we understand where the duties of that office are going to go or how the government might restructure no, itself if, after? No, if we pass it, if we pass it, Rob, it's on the, it would go on the ballot of November of 18. So right. it would be plenty of time for information to go out, plenty of time for, for voters to, to find out, you know, exactly how it, uh, how it could work or, or what the office is all about. If it were to pass in the November of 18, then the second resolution that comes along with it, then uh, kicks in, and legislative management would then form a committee that then looks up and looks in the ways and how you would divvy up those duties among different agencies. All right. Well, it's going to be an interesting debate for sure. Uh, wh- when's this do up for uh, in committee? I mean, what's what's the progress look like? You know, so far it just actually came out today. It ha- it has it just cut the numbers. The first resolution is House Concurrent Resolution thirty oh four. And the second resolution where it forms a committee is uh, 3005. So just came out today. Uh, it's been assigned to the government and veteran affairs in the House. Uh, I have not talked to uh, Chairman Jim Casper from Fargo, who I heads up that committee yet, so I have not talked to him. So uh, I would assume it would be relatively soon here. And uh, I think we'll have a good debate on it. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, sounds good. Representative Nathy, I know you're busy. Thanks for your time. You bet. Thanks, Rob. 701 293 um, you know, again, not not sure how I feel about it entirely yet. I'm looking forward to the debate. I'm looking forward to the discussion about this. I am all about right-sizing government. Frankly, I, I think there's some other statewide officials uh, that we could eliminate. I'm not so sure that we need the insurance commissioner to be elected. I'm not sure that we need the tax commissioner, frankly, to be elected. I feel like these are positions that we could get rid of, uh, turn them into governor appointments. You know, if they're not elected offices, we could probably downsize them a little bit. I, I don't know that we need to do all the things that we're doing. So I'm, I'm not against the idea of eliminating the treasurer's office, but I am against the idea of just just kind of doing it, you know, sort of slashing and burning and not thinking about how it might we, we might restructure the state government after it's gone. Um, especially because I'm, when I'm not so sure we couldn't be going the other way in some ways, as I discussed earlier in the program. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. You want to join the program, email talk at WDAY.com. Um, yeah, and House Bill 1185, I think, already. We're, we're not done getting bills in yet, but, Natil, i got to think North Dakota trying to impose its own Internet filtering on devices has got to be the craziest bill of the legislative session. Uh, uh, even even in the early going, I mean, I, I can't imagine anything topping this. This is a zany idea. Uh, all, all the I, more I, so. I yeah, can't sorry, even. Oh, I'm just I can't even imagine. A George Orwell is just rolling in his grave right now. You know, the, the, the thing is, I, I think at the Republican National Convention, they actually put in a a plank in the platform that talks about pornography being a a quote unquote public health crisis, and I'm I'm just not sure that it is. I think that over the years, uh, you know, we have seen we have seen a lot of research put into the correlation between the availability of pornography and certainly the internet's made it more available than ever before and things like sexual assault, sex crimes, right? Because the prevailing attitude is that pornography, you know, sort of promotes uh, 
this, uh, you know, p- p- promotes promiscuity or promotes, um, you know, pr- promotes unhealthy sexual appetites. And I'm just not sure that's borne out by the facts. I yeah, mean, well, we, we people, should have seen us. I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. People also purport that violent video games cause right. kids to be violent, and that's never been proven either. I, yeah, I, I mean, I remember Hillary Clinton back when she was a U.S. senator uh, was proposing V-chips for video games to, uh, you know, sort of censor the violence in, in them. And again, I, violent crime in the United States of America has gone down. I mean, we, we should, if, if, what people, if what people say about pornography and violent video games are true, which is that they promote unhealthy, you know, sexual appetites or they promote sex crimes or they promote, promote violent crimes or whatever... If those things are true, then the last 20, 30 years where both the Internet and video games have become more prevalent, more detailed, uh, more readily available than ever before, we should have a more violent society and we should have more segments. But we don't. Uh, The opposite, in fact, is true. Uh, We have fewer unwanted pregnancies. We have fewer... um, you know, STDs, we're generally doing pretty good on. I, I, we're, we have made a lot of progress on these fronts. And uh, there's a lot of variables that go into that. I mean, better sex education helps. Um, better access to contraceptives helps. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into it. But, again, I, I just I don't see with the, with the increase in the availability of online pornography, we should be seeing things getting worse, and it's not. It's just not. Let's see. Gus emails, uh, Rob, well, you are probably correct that this pornography fiasco will not ever become law, it is very frightening that it would get this far. The only thing pornographic in this are the idiots who thought this up. Clearly, the thought police are alive and well in Bismarck. This underscores why a lot of people hate government at any level with a passion. Um, That's Gus from Bemidji. I I, I don't agree. The only thing in terms of getting this far... um, in North Dakota, any lawmaker can put in any bill, and every bill that goes in gets a committee hearing, and every bill that goes in gets at least one vote, floor vote, in the house in which it was introduced. If it passes, it goes on to the next house. So I don't, you know, in terms of getting this far, it, it really hasn't come that far. I mean, this is a bill that gets put in. Um, that's all that's happened so far. The bill's been filed, although it does have co-sponsors, and I'm surprised at the people who co-sponsored it because, again, it's... It's zany legislation. I mean, even even if we stipulate that, you know, these attitudes about pornography are right and that pornography is something that we should censor, even if we stipulate that those things are correct, and I don't think that they are, and I don't, I don't want the government censoring it, how in the world, just as a practical matter of public policy, how are they going to implement this? How is the state of North Dakota going to track this? How many, how many full-time employees at, at a time... When North Dakota doesn't have a lot of extra money sitting around, at a time when we have a governor that's talking about streamlining state government, at a time as the, the two guests we had on the program today, where we're talking about eliminating a statewide constitutional office in the name of streamlining the government, are we going to hire a bunch of bureaucrats to monitor every electronic device sold in, in, in the state? Or not everyone, but everyone that allows you to connect to the Internet, which these days is just about everyone. We're going to monitor all them and make sure that, that they all have the proper filters in place? Well, you know, it, North Dakota can't even necessarily figure out how it's going to handle implementing the medical marijuana bill that we just passed. Yeah. Where are we going to find all these workers? It's crazy. 
it's it's just absolutely crazy. I, I do have a state representative Lawrence Kluby. It sounds like he may be on the program tomorrow, so we'll see. We can explain. I, I, I would I would like I'd like to know where did this come from? Who thought? Why did you think this was a good idea? Where did this? I have a feeling we may learn that this legislation was maybe part of some group that's promoting this nationally in a lot of different states. But we'll find out maybe tomorrow. 701-293-9080. Why, you don't need the numbers now. Show's over. Jay Thomas coming up next. He's got one of the bill sponsors on his show, uh, Shannon Roars Jones from Fargo. So stay tuned for that. Remember, you can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at anythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.